Sabbaths. And today we have a special Sabbath. We have special guests who are going to share a God-like moment in their lives. That's what Peru was for me, a God-like moment. A moment in time where they knew, I believe this with all my heart, that they were making a difference. Amen? We will start by sharing a video about their experience. Then we'll ask our special guests to share their testimony. And I'll also ask them some questions. I won't put you directly on the spot. Uh, But, of course, I will. I'm going to invite my wife and Dr. Brewmeister, who loves speaking in front of others, to come up here and share. Um, That's just a joke. Anyway, so we'll start with the video, and then we'll go on into our Peru mission trip. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, So I want to introduce you to everyone. This is Mary Ann, and this is Aaron. Wendy uh, Trayton and Dr. Lundy, Dave, yeah, Dave, Dr. Lundy. So anyway, um, these beautiful people gave of their time and their talents and their money to get to Peru. We had several projects, and I want to start out by sharing what those projects were. Number one, we uh, had a group, Trayton was part of this uh, group, uh, and your mom, and um, they'll talk more about it. But it was about uh, painting a church and building that church. You saw them there. And also working with kids in the schools. And we'll talk more about that. That was the first one. The second one had to do with our surgery team. And Dave, Dr. Lundy, and Wendy were part of our surgery team. And they'll talk more about that. And they stayed in the main city of Iquitos. This is the biggest city in the world, or the largest city in the world, that you cannot get there on a road, can't get there by car. So it has what, about 500, 600,000 people? And the only way you can get there is by plane or by boat. That's the only way. It's the craziest city I've ever been in. Uh, People drove like maniacs. And uh, anyway, we'll we'll talk a little bit about that. So uh, the surgery team stayed there at our, our Adventist clinic and they did surgeries. You saw how many, 27 surgeries in four Days. Do you know how many surgeries? If, if you know anything about surgeries, they don't take five minutes. It's, it's a lot, a lot of time. And so they did 27 surgeries in four days for people that couldn't afford surgery. Okay, so that's amazing. Then the third team, or the third project, was our Amazon River community team. And you saw a little bit of that. And my wife was on that team. And they went down river and they just did general medicine, and they saw, that said 785, but they didn't count the last day, so they saw about 1,000 patients, 1,200, while they were there. And so that was incredible ministry. So the first thing I want to ask you this morning is to share your story, share the impact that this trip made for you, or that, you know, why you feel that it was a game changer, why it was a godlike moment. And so who would like to start? And you know what? We'll just pick on Dr. Lundy. (laughs) Yeah, we'll just pick on Dr. Lundy and just share what you did, Dr. Lundy, and just a great, great moment. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me to worship with you. It's an honor to be here, and uh, I'm amazed at what I feel here this morning, so thank you. Um, 
and I'm glad to share some of my experience in Peru. Uh, I think I was called to Peru because um, uh, God needed me to experience Peru. God needed me to refocus and improve the way I was living. So, yes, I think it's true that I helped um, 27 people in four days, which, by the way, is an average month for me in this country doing 27. That would be a good month, actually, doing 27 surgeries. Um, I think, but I think God looked at me and said, you need a refresher course. You, you need to re-up. Um, and I think my experience was that God put me in front of people who were suffering and needed me both so I could help them, but also to remind me of my responsibility as a human um, to carry out God's mission, which is that which is to recognize suffering and, and people and, and you know tend to their physical well-being, their spiritual well-being, their mental well-being the best I could. So uh, in, in a way, I went for selfish reasons um, so that I could come back and be a better father, a better surgeon, a better friend, um, a better husband. Uh, and so that's why I go to Peru, and it, it certainly recharged my batteries. Awesome. Dr. Lundy, um, I'd like to uh, ask you a question. That is, these people didn't really suffer for just one day like we do here in America, or two days, right? Or maybe a week, and then we go see a doctor. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, some of your patients. Sure. I think that's, that's exactly right. Um, in this country, if we have a little lump or a bump or a hernia or a gallbladder problem, it takes us about 35 seconds to get to a doctor. Um, some of these people have been suffering for years or decades with these problems. And uh, without access to health care, um, we're the first opportunity they had to get help. Um, and that, that's pretty profound. That's pretty, pretty gratifying. Um, it also means that technically they can be more challenging because, uh, you know, the average hernia in the United States is a centimeter or two. The average hernia there is, is more like a basketball. <laughs> and so it, it can be more challenging to fix those things, but also more life-changing for that patient. Exactly. And I, I, would you share uh, the story about Kevin? Can, can, I, can I talk about Kelly and let her talk about Kevin? Yeah, is that okay? Yeah. So um, I'd like to share a story about one patient named Kelly who was a woman who had been suffering for years with gallbladder problems. And... Um, it was to the point where she was having difficulty working and, and taking care of her family uh, because of the constant pain she was in. Uh, so she came to us and we did a gallbladder surgery which uh, seemed to go fine. Um, then on the last night we were there, uh, we were actually at the farewell ceremony, we realized that she was having a complication that occurs in about 1% of gallbladder patients that is very life-threatening. So this was one of the miracles of the trip for me. I, I went to the team and asked a couple people if they would stay so that we could reoperate on her that night. And every single person on the surgery team, both American and Peruvian, stayed. So instead of having the four people we needed in the operating room that night, we had about 20 people in the operating room that night to support us and get her through what was a very difficult operation. Um, she needed a, a difficult operation. And it was a, a difficult procedure, very complicated, and I had the support of the whole team, and I would say God, too. I, I felt the presence of God in that room that night at 2 o'clock in the morning, Wendy, whenever it was. Um, and I had to place a very difficult stitch, and I had one shot at it, and God guide, guided my hand, and we got it. Um, I 
So there were, there were two miracles, one that, we, one that we fixed her, and two that the, the entire team bound together. And to me that night, and I hope this doesn't sound weird or offensive, but to me the night that operating room was a church. We, we, had, we had fellowship, we had prayer, we had um, community, and God was there. I just want to share that when Dr. Lundy and Dr. Brumeister, both of them who have been there twice, when they walked into the clinic, which is a big clinic, you know, it's a small hospital, um, the patients started cheering. That, that's how much they're valued there. And uh, what an amazing ministry they um, did and they accomplished. And so that was really exciting. What I loved about uh, Peru, there wasn't really HIPAA rules. So I got to go into surgery, and I got to watch everything, and I actually uh, did some of it. Um, I want you to think about that for a second. Um, I actually did some of it, and that was, you know, cutting up the gallbladder after it was out. <laughs> so I got to see the stones, or um, that was pretty, pretty cool. That was that was really excellent. Right, right. That wasn't on the video. We're keeping that on the download. Um, where Chapa Martinez actually did surgery. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's now it's recorded. Oh, that's terrible. Okay, anyway, um, so let's go on to T. I call him T. It's going to um, be hard to match up to him. <laughs> I know, but you did some amazing work. Our young people, uh, doc, uh, not doctor, well, he's a doctor, and that's our pharmacist, Chris Lowe, was going to be here, but he had a previous engagement that he forgot, even though he accepted. Uh, but anyway, he couldn't be here, and his daughter went along on the trip as well. So this, this is a family trip, and it was amazing. But these kids were absolutely, uh, absolutely amazing. You can ask my wife about the young people that were just God, 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 God given to us. So go ahead. Share about what you did with the church. All right. So what we did with the church was we actually painted it. It wasn't like very put together or anything. It actually had no paint on the walls and the roof was like just slats of, how do I explain this? It was probably tin. I was in a little right. bit, little bent and corrugated tin. And it um, had no like wood to actually separate anything. It was just the tin. And we actually had to paint them, the walls. And what we did was we put water and just like the solution that they just brought over from the um, town and we mixed it all together with our hands and then we just used the rollers and we just put it on. We did two coats so of that. So it wasn't exactly like paint from it wasn't, our stores. Not at all. <laughs> right. It was like lower. It was like powder. Yeah. Wow. And like So what was, and, and I know that you went out to the different schools as well and yep. you uh, taught children how to do crafts and that, that kind of thing. What, what was a great moment for you? A what do you remember about Peru? For a great moment for you? Well, the Peruvians love soccer. And <laughs> so it was really cool to actually play with them because the little kids were matched up to us, and they were, like, really good. <laughs> yeah. And we actually got to play a high school team. That was also pretty cool too, as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that it, was, it was a great time. Would you re recommend it to our other youth out here? Yes, I would definitely recommend it to the other youth out All there. Right. And awesome. one more thing I need to say sure. is the church, it was actually right, their, like, sewer drain was, like, right in front of the door. Okay. And we had to be, like, right out there. Okay. So that was different. That was a little different <laughs> yeah. than America. That was very different. Yeah. The yes. bathrooms were 
we're very different than the United States. Let's just say that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Okay. Uh, if you think of anything else, you know, this is informal. We'll just get right back to you. If you have questions also, you know, this is really informal. We just want you to, uh, I want to ask yeah. You a question. So how do you feel about their thankfulness? Did you feel that they were thankful, the young ones there? Mm. We brought normal crafts and everything, like paper, and that's pretty much in crayons and Crayola, stuff like that. And they were, like, they were satisfied with just that. That we would have given them like a crayon and a piece of paper, they would have fine with that. They were so happy. They were like totally satisfied. And Todd Falkenberg's son is six four and blonde. So when he'd go to these schools in the villages, can you imagine how he stood out? They would just follow him around. You know, just because it was something that they had never seen. First of all, a blonde kid they'd never seen before. And then much less some, you know, young man that's 14 years old that's 6'4". They just, wow, that was amazing to them. Yeah. All right. Well, we can come back to you. And if you have any questions for our youngest person on the panel, please feel free to ask. Oh, what became of the roof? Oh, the roof? It's still the roof. <laughs> Actually, the um, uh, electricianist put in new lights underneath the roof. Yeah, and he he was he was HVAC dad. Yep. And I think what we want to share with you that in our, on our next trip, which is coming in February, that there are so many ways that you can minister. You know, you don't have to be Dr. Lundy. You don't have to be Dr. Brewmeister. You don't have to be Kathy. My you know, it's a, uh, a nurse you know, or Wendy, you know, there are so many things to do. And all of us have talents and all of us have skills. The fact that I found something to do, you know, operate on someone is huge. It's huge. Go ahead, Wendy. Uh, okay. My name's Wendy. Um, I'm a nurse here at Castle Rock Adventist in the ICU. Not only a nurse, she's like the best ICU nurse. Don't tell the other ladies, but she is like... <laughs> A most awesome ICU nurse. Well, I love being the hands and feet of Christ. I really do. I like to bring that to my job. And having the opportunity to go to Peru was an extreme blessing in my life. And it was something that God called me to do. I wasn't looking for it. Um, in fact, I got a call from Chappie Dave when I, I had knee surgery. And I was at home with my knee up it was in stitches. And he said, you know, we have an opening on the Peru trip coming up. And God told me that you're going. <laughs> and I was like, okay, how am I going to make that happen? Because I'm home with surgery, not making as, as much money. So I, I really was blessed by the Martinez family as well as the uh, Adventist health system that enabled me to go. I raised half the money, and then they met me halfway. So they truly were extending the healing ministry of Christ through me as a nurse. I wasn't able to go on my own, and they made me be able to go. So it was a real blessing in my life. Um, one of the stories I, I would think of from one of my patients is, you know, we did surgeries that, like, there was a gentleman who had a lipoma on his face. And it, would, it was just sticking out. He was a younger guy, probably in his 30s. And it was like a half a golf ball, maybe, on his jaw. And as an ICU nurse in America, to me, this is a really minor surgery. You know, so I was kind of like, okay, this is what we're going to do. So I'm getting him ready for surgery. And then uh, he went and he had it removed and he came back and I'm recovering him afterwards. And he just woke up with this smile on his face and he kept reaching up and touching 
his cheek and, and talking in Spanish. And I don't, I don't speak Spanish, so I had to call one of the interpreters in to help me because he kept, he just kept talking and he kept, and I'm, I'm like trying to bat his hand away, like don't touch the surgical site, you know. And he just couldn't believe that it was gone. And he said in Spanish, now I can work. Now I can work. And I was like, why would a lipoma make you not be able to work? It didn't make sense to me in my American culture. But for him, he had to have, he explained, he, he needed a doctor's note to release him to work. And so no employers would hire him because he couldn't get this doctor's note because he couldn't see a doctor. It was, it's very difficult to go in and see a doctor there. It's not something you can just do. And he doesn't have the money to do it. He doesn't have the means to get a simple thing as a, like a doctor's note for release. He could not get it. So once this was off, all of a sudden he was like, oh, I can work. I can support my family. And there's not government programs there the way they are here. So he couldn't just rely on the government to help him during this. He, he had to supply his family's needs. And so this simple surgery to me was truly life-changing. So it was a blessing to be part of that. So before we get to Aaron, um, I think all of us on the panel and all of us that went to Peru can say that we came back with gratitude. Gratitude. And I think that's the life-changing experience is the gratitude you have uh, for the blessings that you have. You know, in Peru, if you don't have money, you don't go to the hospital. You don't get surgery. You don't get general medicine. If you, if you saw their state hospitals, and I wish Todd was here because he visited the state hospitals. They're awful. They were absolutely awful. You have no idea what, you know, they look like, what, what kind of treatment they're getting there. We are so blessed. We are rich. Every single one of us in this room is rich. And we are so blessed. And that's what we came back with that gratitude. Wouldn't you agree with that? Just the gratitude that we have so much, but yet at the same time, we want to go back and give more. Go ahead, Erin. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I was able to serve on the community service team with Trayton and the youth group from um, Dave Kennedy. Yep, yep. Um, from New Life. And they all know. Okay, you guys all, okay. So one of my greatest joys New was day. Just, New Day in Parker. Uh, one of my greatest joys was just getting to know those kiddos. Um, outstanding youth group. Um, it was a lot of fun to go down and serve with them. We did the construction, and then you guys saw the pictures. We would go also into the communities and do crafts with the kids. Um, I think, it, for me, I loved seeing the body of Christ work. Um, we experience the body here so differently than how the body works down there. And so it was just so fun to see the Americans go down and then just plug in and connect and serve and love on and play and do crafts and do service projects down there. And it's all one body. Christ is, it's just, um, you know, Christ is Christ. And, and so the love of Christ is down there and up here. And it just because it looks different here than it does down there, it's, it's still um, the hands and feet of Jesus. And so just to see those, that, those youth group kiddos um, plug in and love on the kids down there and Trayton um, to serve with them, that was, it was just a lot of fun. And I think, you know, Dave, talking about um, having, how, how blessed and how wealthy we are down here, you know, it, it 
uh, up here, down there, they have, um, they just have peace and they have joy that I think a lot of times Americans don't have because we have all the stuff that gets in the way. Um, so I was just really overwhelmed and impressed with the children down there and they just have a pure, innocent joy. Just a joy that, that is not cluttered with all the, the apps and all the iTunes stuff and all the stuff that we have. And so it was just refreshing. It was refreshing to be down there and, um, and just see their joy and their contentment. So. Well, and before you, you stop here, um, what was a moment that you will not forget? And while mm. you're thinking of that, I just want to um, say that Erin's here for a reason. And that is that she's sharing what a youth group did from that New Day church. We are now developing a youth group. You know, we have kids in our church now. We have young people. And wouldn't it be great if we could go as mm -hmm. Castle Rock Adventist Church um, team and do something down there in Peru for a church? I think that would be awesome. I think, that, I think it's great for her to be here to share this experience so that it puts something in our hearts. So did you think about a moment? Yeah. So um, in, the, in the church where you saw the kiddos painting the walls, they, they actually did have to put five coats on for it to, to stick. And so we, we were there many days and because it's a water-based paint and, and it has to dry before you can put the second coat on. So across, across the, the alleyway, which is their, their streets and their roads and Trayton's right, the sewers just go straight down the middle and they have these little bridges to cross the sewer. Across the way, um, there's a lady over there and she, um, I would go visit with her because she'd had a hammock and, and a rocking chair while we're waiting for the paint to dry. Um, and so it was just a lot of fun to connect with her and she is an older mama who has some grown kiddos, like three I think, a couple daughters and a son, and she just went on and on and on about the impact that the church is making on her kids who had once walked away, strayed away, um, but then with the church's presence and all of the church is doing in that community and that street. And so um, we did have the language barrier, but we were able to, to pick our way through it. And she just over and over and over shared that that church has just worked in her family's life in a personal way. So um, it was a lot of fun to go over there and rock in her rocking chair and hear her talk. Uh, she used to be, that woman used to be uh, work on the cruise ships in the, the food um, department. So anyways, it was just neat. It was just neat to, to meet somebody different, new, and so yeah. Right. Another thing that's really exciting, if you ever took Spanish class or you really love Spanish, it's a great way to practice. These two, you know, they were, they were speaking Spanish all over the place, and it was wonderful to hear them and, and, and really the joy that you have as you were speaking Spanish. Because yeah. you don't use it over here. Right. But there, it was a great opportunity to really share in Spanish and just figure it out, right? Yep. And just yep. figure it out. So that was really exciting. Before I, I ask Marianne a, a few questions, and I know Marianne has something awesome for us this morning, is that um, through this experience, we became a family. You know, that we're all going to get together August 19 at my house. And it's not, you know, okay, you know, these acquaintances coming over. We're genuinely a family. Now, we have touched each other's lives. God's touched our lives through each other. And we will always be connected in a way that we weren't before. Do you agree with that? Yes, go ahead, Erin. So before 
I went down there. I knew nothing about the Seventh-day Adventist Church at all. We worship, you know, in, in different denominations. And as my husband and I, as we've moved, we've attended different denominations, different churches or whatever. And so when I, you know, I'm going to circle back to that body of Christ thing that um, it was just such a gift to learn about your guys' faith and what you believe and how really, I mean, we have the same Jesus. And so it's just, yeah. And so it was just, that was a lot, a huge joy for me and just a, a lot of fun to just learn and connect and the whole family piece. And it's, yeah, it's just all. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's what's so great about going on the mission trip to Peru is you are learning. It's a learning experience. Um, you know, you're, you're getting to know another culture. Um, they don't have cars. Well, they do have a few cars in, um, Iquitos, right? But what do they have? Moto taxis. Moto cars. So they're like a taxi um, that has a motorcycle that has like a back seat. Have you seen these before? And, and again, we learned a different culture, a way of living that is totally, absolutely different from ours. And it's a crazy, crazy, crazy world down there as far as they're driving. I already shared that. <laughs> uh, but we did these motor cars and <laughs> it was so much fun, wasn't it? We'll never forget that. Okay, Marianne, uh, tell us some stories. Tell, tell us what you did. Okay. And that, let's start there. Okay. First of all, good morning. Um, I am uh, on the board here at Castle Rock, um, and I have been on boards for Centura for 17 years and have been wanting to go on a mission trip every one of those years. But the work I was doing never coincided with whenever the trips were going. So when um, Todd said to the board last year, we're going to go, and we're going to go next June, I thought, oh, gosh, I really want to do this. I prayed about it and ended up getting a chance to go. And so now I'm signed up thinking, so what am I going to do? I'm not a nurse. I'm not a doctor. I'm a board member. I'm a business person. I have my own company. What am I going to be able to do? And it turned out that what I do for a living is I do business coaching and consulting and leadership training. So I had the privilege of being able to do leadership training for the administrative staff at the hospital. So I got to teach three classes, and for them, it was the first time they've ever done leadership development, learned how to talk to each other, learned how to grow, learned how to figure out how to take some of those next steps as a team. So it was ex enormously gratifying for me to be able to find a purpose on the trip. The second purpose I had, okay, though, on, I want to okay, I just want, I want to interrupt you just for a second. Okay. <laughs> and that is, it was a divine appointment that she, she went on this trip. And I'll tell you why, because that hospital is dealing with conflict. It's new. Um, you know, Peruvian people, wouldn't you say they're very reserved, yes. very quiet, yes. very reserved. Um, you know, it's not like most Hispanic people, like Puerto Ricans and, you know, Mexicans, we're like super loud and, you know, we just say it like it is. You know, sometimes it hurts us. But anyway, the bottom line is uh, uh, Peruvians are very reserved people. And so they didn't know how to deal with conflict. So Mary Ann was a divine appointment. She was a divine appointment because she taught them how to talk to each other and how to bring everything out of underneath the carpet because you know when things are put under the carpet what happens resentment anger you know judgment and judgment and she taught them how to resolve conflict and i think that's a an appointment a divine appointment anyway that's i had to share that go ahead 
So uh, Milka, the CEO, said, you have to come back. We need a series of trainings. Please come back. And she said, can you come back in August when there's another trip? And I said, no, I can't. She goes, how about November? And I'm thinking, and she goes, all right, you're coming back with Castle Rock in February. Promise me you will come. So I'm going, Dave. I'm going back. I don't know how I'm going to afford it, but I'm going back. Tell, tell, tell them how excited I was to hear that. Oh, I, I said, I called him the other day and I go, Dave, I, all right, I'm going. I'm committed, I'm going. And he was jumping up and down. He goes, you made my day, you made my week. He was screaming on the phone. I was like holding it out here. Um, so, but the other thing I got to do, in addition to, to doing that, um, which is my passion, was I got to go see each one of these teams for a day and take pictures and learn about them and learn about their stories. So I watched the surgery team, and Dave and I got a chance to meet with some of the patients that first day um, and get their stories. And, you know, here's this lineup of people just sitting in a hallway, like one of these, waiting for surgery and so excited that they're going to have surgery. Most people in the U.S. are like, i got to go have surgery. And they were like, I'm going to have surgery because my pain's going to go away that I've had for seven years or 10 years or 15 years, and I'll be able to work again. So it was just enormously um, humble for us to be able to do that. And Dave prayed with each one of them and then prayed with them as a group. And so, you know, we were feeling and telling them how wonderful they were going to get great care from Wendy. And they were going to get great care from Dr. Lundy and Dr. Burmeister. And they were in the best hands. And so we would be communicating that to keep their confidence up. Um, then I got a chance to go um, work with Aaron and Trayton and the team um, to see how the kids were doing. And I'm telling you, those little kids love the big kids because they couldn't believe, first of all, these kids were that big. And then they played soccer with them. And what I will tell you about the kids is I never saw any, any disrespect to any individual or adult. These were well-behaved, well-mannered, joyful children in the worst circumstances you could possibly imagine. So that was just kind of a trait. And then the third day I got to go downriver when we were dedicating a clinic building in Manatee 1 or Manatee 2? Manatee 2, which is the name of this village. It's almost two hours down the river on the Amazon, so on a fast boat. So it's way down. And you get to um, this town, and that's where all the kids with the pictures and the video were. And it's hot. So think about the 100-degree weather we got two or three weeks ago with 100% humidity. And no AC. And no breeze, no AC. You walk out, it sticks. And that's why you got these little fans. And you have bugs. You have gnats flying and mosquitoes flying all over you. And your clothes are sticking to you. Every piece of your clothing is sticking to you. And you, it's just... It, the heat um, fatigues you, okay? So I'm walking around, and I see this building where all these people are lined up, and that's where the mobile clinic was. So here's Kathy and, and you know, all the people you saw in the video, and they set up a mobile clinic, and they had done this now. This was the third day, and they have a little triage area where their patients are coming in and telling them what their current affliction is, then we had four doctors, I think, in there, a um, couple from uh, the U.S., a couple from Aikidos, with translators, 
working on and figuring out how to administer medicine to these folks. You've got Chris Lowe, our pharmacist, on the very back wall. He's got the drugs that have all been donated. Some of it's Tylenol, some of it's uh, antibiotic cream, you know, different things, because there are some things that these teams could not do other than give them a pain, give them some Tylenol. And so you're walking, so I'm walking around the room, and there's probably 50 people to 75 people outside getting ready to get in, because this is now the middle of the day. There's a whole bunch of people on the inside trying to do the best they can to help these people. Most, a lot of kids I saw that day, a lot of kids with their mothers, you name an affliction, I saw it. Scabbies, lice, pink eye, lacerations, lymphomas, parasites, and these are little kids like the ones that are sitting here in the room and babies. And I will tell you, um, I've always had such tremendous respect for our physicians and our nurses, but I tell you, they were delivering God's message and God's healing that day. They saved babies every day. Because I would talk to Kathy and Tony, the leaders, and she said, I said to Tony, who's been there 17 times, I said, why do you come back? She says, because I save babies. I save children. I save mothers. I save fathers. So that's the calling. And I will tell you, I, I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they live on the river for four, four days. And then they were in the barrio, so to speak, on the fifth day. I don't know how they do it in that heat and seeing what they see day after day after day. I was standing next to Todd Falkenberg's son in the village, and he was watching all this. And I said, Ryan, because he was very quiet, and he's normally a chatty guy. He was very quiet, and he was standing there. And I said, so Ryan, uh, you know, what are you thinking? And he said, I couldn't live like this. And I said, so what are you going to do about it? And he said, i got to figure out how when I go back, I'm better, a better person. I said, are you going to complain to your parents? And he said, I probably will, and I won't mean to. But he said, i got to figure out how to be a better person. And he said, i got to figure out how to help. And I don't know what that looks like now. i got to process it a little bit more. i got to think about it. But I'm going to figure out how to make a difference. So that's what you see. That's what you what called you to come back because there are just, you know, millions of these people that live on this river that have no access to health care except what shows up on a boat one day. And so our team got to make a difference for 1,200 patients in the river, 27 surgical patients, and 500 kids in the schools in a week. So for $2,500, we get to sponsor people to go. That's what it costs. So as you think about what you want to do, how you want to support, how you want to give, all of that comes into play. And it's, it's, it's an extraordinary, life-changing, God-driven experience. I know I talked more than I was supposed to. Amen. No, it's beautiful. So our message for our church is simple. 
and that is we have the opportunity as a church to go to Peru. And I hope that you will want to be part of it. You heard today that all of us, no, no matter if we're medical personnel, we have a place. We have a place. You also heard that if you think you can't do it financially, God will open the door. God will open the door. He will make it happen. And so there isn't an excuse. That's it. That's our message. And then I want to share a beautiful promise just to close. And um, it's from my favorite author, Sister White. And it's, it's just awesome. And I might have to read it twice so that you'll really get it and you'll leave here thinking about it. It says, every ray of light that we shed upon others is reflected upon ourselves. Okay, I want to read that again. Every ray of light that we shed upon others is reflected upon ourselves. Every kind and sympathizing word spoken to the sorrowful, every act to relieve the oppressed, and every gift to the needy, if prompted by the right motive, will result a blessing to the giver. Isn't that beautiful? You know, the psalmist says it, and, and, and Solomon said it, that when we are generous to others, we also get blessings from above. When we refresh others, we get refreshed. And I didn't have Kathy come up because she didn't want to. And Dr. Bruce My Brewmeister didn't want to come up because he didn't want to. But I have to close by also sharing that uh, they were a light in Peru. I want to start with Dr. Brewmeister. And that is, um, he, he desperately wanted his folks or the people that were getting operated to be prayed over. He really did. That was on his heart. And through the busyness and through the chaplains of the hospital there, you know, going and seeing their patient, it wasn't being done. And he said, David, what can we do? What can we do? It is on my heart that we pray for them. And I want to pray for them, but there's a language barrier. And so we know that the next time we go, that every single patient right before they are operated on will be prayed for. Will be prayed for. And that's, that's due to Dr. Brewmeister. That's due to Dr. Brewmeister. Second, my wife, wow. You know, amazing. What she did on that river and her ministry there, um, you know, it was the hardest thing I think she ever did in her whole life. Those five days were probably the hardest days of her life. But she will tell you they were the most rewarding. The most rewarding days of her life. Um, you know, I thought that she would just come back saying, oh, it was so hot, it was so miserable. And it was. And it was. But it wasn't about that. It was the fact that she was helping to save lives. And so that was amazing. So again, we just invite you to come with us to our next mission trip. God can make it happen. And we are just so thankful that we had this opportunity to share with you, and I hope that it moved you this morning.